Millennials are ruining the world An exennial perspective Hey everyone, welcome to the season finale of Millennials are ruining the world question mark An exennial perspective Real conversations bridging the gap between generations X and Y I'm not woke but I'm awake my guest today is a full-time cat lover who enjoys consuming excessive amounts of bubble tea, re-watching animated shows, and having their tummy not hurt. They are missing a ton of teeth because their mouth is so small, they have had multiple organs removed and dissected, but is still going strong, and they have voiced multiple animated cats for TV shows. Please welcome Jessica Webb. How's it going, Jessica? Hey, it's going good. How's it going with you? I am so crazy, like, in shock that another season has passed. You know, this season uh, is only eight episodes. I usually do 13, but with Love Quirks running off Broadway right now, I just, I did not have the bandwidth to do any, but then the OCD part of me was like, you must do your podcast. You cannot not do it. So my compromise, which my wife came up with, was just to do a shortened season of eight episodes, and it's flying by. And you know, some of these episodes only have 20 listeners anyway, so why am I busting my back to do an extra five? Uh, but thank you to the 20 people who are listening. Uh, <laughs> so Jessica, uh, the first question I asked of all the guests, of course, is how do we, we meet? So how did we meet? We met through one of your showcases That's at Don't Tell Mama. Common answer, common answer. I met a lot of friends that way. Didn't you used to work at Don't Tell Mama? I did. So I knew you just from working there and from singing there. So yeah, I remember you worked there and then you were like, I also sing. And then you did a showcase. And I know you've done some of my songs, including uh, the one who's three, the one about the babysitter who falls in love with a three-year-old. And I believe Carrots, the one that the rabbits sing in my first kid musical, A Kid Like Me. Oh, I almost forgot about that one. That's right. Yes, with the tap dancing. Yes. Oh, gotta love the tap dancing. <laughs> yes, memories, memories. All right. Uh, so our, our topic today uh, is cats, not the musical cats, uh, but the animals' cats. So uh, why do you like cats, Jessica? How, how much time do I have to explain why I like cats? Um, they're, they're, they're just the best. They're so smart and so fun. And they have such distinct personalities. They're like little, little gods or goddesses just walking around your house. It's amazing. I mean, it's true. Our, our new cat, Joni, just, uh, she's a little over one now. And she definitely runs the apartment. It's true. Mine runs the apartment too. Everybody who comes over is always like <laughs> taking the cues from the cat. What will the cat allow? Exactly. What 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 will the cat uh, permit? What will the cat tolerate? That sort of thing. You know, you get that little death stare uh, where you're like, "What's she thinking? Wh oh, yeah. What should I do?" Uh, you know, it's like if I'm watching TV and she's laying on me, I I can't pee. I'm like, I feel terrible. So I just kind of hold hold it until <laughs> she gets up. And I'm like, oh, I'm free. She went to eat food because I don't want to discourage her from cuddling with me. But exactly. I also, you know, have bladder needs sometimes. <laughs> don't we all? Yes, yes. We all have bladder. You heard it here first. Everyone in this world has bladder needs. Uh, so tell me a little bit about your cat history. How long have you had cats? How many cats? Yeah. So I'm from Arizona, and so down in Arizona, we had about seven cats at one point. Seven? Yeah, because we would take in all the rescues, and then I had a lot of other, like, families that I kind of lived with that would have cats. So I've helped birth cats. I've helped rehabilitate cats. Obviously, we've rescued a lot of cats. Um, and then I did a lot of cat sitting when I moved to the city, and now I can finally have my own cat. <laughs> so I, I fostered two cats before my current one, who is Princess Marina. Um, and the first one, his name was Max, and he's 14 and he has diabetes. So oh, I got him wow. a office. Yeah, but then he got adopted. And then the other one after him was Blue, 
who had no teeth. So I would have to be with him when he ate every time because he would just swallow it all and then just puke it all back up, which was oh, so, no. so fun. Uh, but then no. Blue's owner got out of the hospital, which was super exciting. And then I got Miss Marina the same day she got diagnosed with her hyperthyroid, um, hyperthyroidism. And so it took a couple months to rehabilitate her. And as soon as I got her, I just immediately fell in love. And I was like, this is the cat. I want to adopt her. So they were like, okay, stabilize her thyroid, get her weight, you know, up. She had to be on an appetite stimulant for a while. Um, and then they're like, and then you can have her. And that's how I have her. That's <laughs> so, amazing. So now you don't foster anymore because you just have a cat. Yep. Nope. And then, you know, if all whatever, however many years down the line, I'll probably start with fostering again. And then if I find a cat that I'm absolutely in love with, then I'll adopt them. But she is 14 and a half. 14 and a half. That's, yes, uh, that's old for a cat. Yeah. Smee died a little bit before he turned 15. It was terribly sad and unexpected. But he used to wolf down his food. He had all his teeth, but if we put any food out, he would eat it and he would be all over it. And uh, so we had to really just feed him a little bit at once because if I gave him half a can at once, he would eat the whole thing in half a second and then be vomiting the whole thing because uh, his stomach couldn't handle eating so much. But consequently, yeah. he was always starving. And, you know, he had a FUS feline neurological syndrome. So we had to buy this really expensive prescription food. And, you know, there was the one time that his bladder got stuck and I had to bring him in, in into the Humane Society. And uh, so he, they told me not to feed him any dry food anymore. And without dry food, he was just, he was just hungry all the time. So it's oh. like, he would always like grab food when I was making eggs, he would try to eat the eggs. Like, Emmy would feed him fish or chicken if she was cooking it. Uh, but now we have Joni. Joni doesn't finish her food. She's much more concerned with our attention than food. It's so strange, the difference. Like I'll give her half a can in the morning or afternoon because I'm not up in the morning and it'll still be there at night. And I'll be like, well, I guess I'm not giving her the other half of this can because she hasn't even finished this can. Right? Marina it's, is like that too. She's super, super, super picky. Well, I, she's not picky. She's just not that hungry, I guess. She's super thin. Like she's not emaciated or anything, but I wish I had her willpower and her <laughs> lack of desire to eat. You know, she'll eat. She still eats most of it, but yeah. there'll be a day that she only has like half a can and she doesn't really care. And then the next day she usually will eat the full can, but Sometimes she's just not in the mood to eat, which is such a change because even Snickers, my first cat, both Snickers and Smee, they were eaters, you know? <laughs> if you had food in their bowl, it would be in their stomach before you could say there's food in the bowl. It is nice, I think, having a cat that doesn't just eat everything because mm -hmm. especially before Marina, I had a dog, right, who would eat anything he get his little little mouth on and marina doesn't the only food that she's ever tried to steal from me has been raw fish oh yeah no joni has never tried to steal food smee used to eat anything i that fell on the floor if i had corn muffins and they fell on the floor he would clean it up but now i actually have to use my vacuum cleaner again uh because joni is not a vacuum <laughs> i know like, i'm not doing a job <laughs> I'm not complaining about it though. You know, Smee would wake me up uh, every day at noon. If I wasn't up by noon, he'd be like, it's noon, where's my breakfast? Joni doesn't care. I wake up and sometimes she doesn't even come say hi. She's like, whatever. Uh, so at least I'm not getting woken up and uh, it, it's fine. I mean, we love Joni. It's, it's been like four or five months now and uh, she helped fill that, that hole, which I think is the hardest part of being a pet owner is that, you know, they're not going to live as long as you're going to live. Yeah, it's, it's sad. It's, it's sad to think about. And like, and I, I like to work with senior cats specifically because I'm like, okay, I can, I can handle this. I want them to have love during the last however many years of their life. 
but when I do think about like what my life is going to be like after Marina I have to like stop I'm like nope nope I can't I don't even want to picture it (laughs) yeah I mean that's admirable you'll end up getting to know a lot more cats maybe we'll look on the silver lining if you keep taking them at 13 14 you know, you'll, you'll have experienced and loved many, many cats in your life. And that's what I'm hoping. And for me, it's like, it's, it's more manageable to, to commit to like four or five years versus, you know, sometimes 18 years. Cause I still don't, you know, I have no idea month to month what goes on with my body. So I'm like, okay, I can manage this small commitment. I can make this happen. After this, I can, you know, reevaluate where I'm at and if I can keep doing this or if I need to spend more time focusing on, you know, medical stuff or. Yeah, or you could book a gig and then, you know, be away for a couple years. Like you just never know. That too. Yeah. So it's, it gives you like a little bit more freedom, but obviously it takes a little bit more of an emotional toll. Oh, that's so sad. We're getting so emotional. Uh, So how did you start fostering cats? Well, I guess when I was like little, we just kind of did it all the time. We'd be swapping animals around and helping take care of animals and, and all of those things, like in all the households that I grew up in. Um, and then when it came to the pandemic, I finally was like, oh, I am not doing anything. <laughs> I have time to hang out and really take care of the cat because I used to work in a dog grooming studio mm. when I first moved to the city. So I was already, you know, shaving the parts and cleaning the anal glands and trimming all the nails. And sometimes we would have the occasional cat and I worked with dogs for forever. And I still do sometimes, but I mostly just cats it now because <laughs> I, I do a lot of like medicine and ministering. Um, but then, yeah, the pandemic happened and I wasn't sure what anything was going to look like. Um, I was stuck at home because I was sick all the time. So one of my other friends was like, hey, this company is great they're going to help you with all the expenses and all of these things. And I was like, sign me up. (laughs) Boom. Done. What's the name of the company? They're called city critters and they're based on the Upper East side. That's exciting. So one of your friends, was she a foster for them too? Yeah. She was a foster and then she adopted. Oh, that's so sweet. I never thought about fostering, but I guess I I could have, but I, I am very much a, I want the cat and I want it to be mine. So I guess that's why I adopted and didn't foster. But I think fostering is great, especially for short term. If you don't know, you know, if you're staying in the city or, or whatever for uncertainty. And then if something comes up, it's, it's not yours. So the foster company would just take it back, right? And find a different foster. Yeah, exactly. It's just people volunteering as much as they can. Um, and I, and I like it because it does kind of accept that like, no, like we're humans, we have things that are going on, like not everybody has the support system to take care of an animal the way that they want to take care of that animal. Um, so I'm, I'm a huge fan of fostering and I planned to just foster and foster. It was just something about Marina's little meow (laughs) that I was like, it just melts me. And I was like, I can't imagine giving this cat to anybody else. Like I'd bite them. (laughs) Aw, that's so sweet. It was love at first meow. It was. She's just so polite, but so sassy at the same time. It kills me. Um, I wish that people could see our cats, but it is a last podcast and uh, there's no visuals attached. It's all right. Oh, they could go on Instagram. You're right. They could go. I was gonna say, I was like, imagine a long-haired blob, because <laughs> uh, she's a nebulung, which is like an off shoot from the Russian blue. Oh, interesting. And I love Russian blues. Actually, the foster who had no teeth uh, was is a Russian blue, and his you, name is Blue. Uh, <laughs> well, I can see how you got that name. Joni is a tuxedo cat, and oh. they named her Joni, and we didn't change it. Originally, I was thinking maybe we would get two uh, and I would name them Stevie and Sandy because, you know, Sondheim had just died and I thought that was really cute. But when I gave up the dream of getting two, I didn't like either name separately. And uh, 
we just didn't feel the need to change it because Joni is named probably after Joni Mitchell, who who doesn't yeah. like Joni Mitchell. And Emmy was like, you know what? She looks like a Joni. So it was like, I guess we're keeping this name and people seem to like the name Joni. So I, I don't, you know, it's like, I, I, I think Joni just started recognizing her name. Like Smee knew his name. Smee knew his name. He knew how to break into the fridge. So we had to put on a fridge lock and he got in the cabinet with his treats and I used to have to duct tape things. Joni oh doesn't do any of that stuff. Smee used to knock stuff down off my desk. So I had to make sure it wasn't in a place it could be knocked down. Joni doesn't knock anything down off the desk. So it's like, it's just a whole lifestyle change. And I'm like, wow, I, I don't have to worry about this being on my desk. She's not gonna knock it down. She's very polite that way. Isn't it crazy how much cats just differ from each other? Like Marina's, yeah. like, Marina's like Joni. She does not do anything. Even when she's puking, she'll do it like right over by the bathroom and then cry and be like, I'm so sorry. Like she, Joni hasn't actually, I, I think she puked once, maybe twice, but it, it's not a lot. Smee would, would do it a lot. What a great discussion. Puking, anal glands. We're really, uh, we're, we're getting into the reality of, of cat ownership. Uh, but yeah, she's really sweet and she's very social and she likes to be where we are. Smee was very into social distancing. He liked, even before it was a thing, he would always be a good couple feet away and he would watch, but he didn't want to be near. And Joni is much more likely to be closer to us, which is nice. Isn't it nice? Marina hangs out with me all day. So I don't know where Joni is now. Joni, no, no, no clue. She's probably on the floor somewhere because she's not above me. Yeah. It's all right. It doesn't matter. No one can see her. I, I could tell you she's at my feet and you all would have believed me, but I'm just not capable of lying. So it is what it is. So uh, so you fostered and then adopted. That's exciting. Uh, I adopted from Best Friends. Have you heard of Best Friends? I have. Yeah, they were really great. Uh, and so the reason I had been thinking of getting two is because a lot of those organizations were like, you can't take just one kitten. Have you heard of this? Yeah, or a lot of them are, are bonded and paired. It's like, it's just too much pressure, I think, if you're going to have to take two in a studio. It's like there's already two humans leaving here, and twice the amount of cats is twice the amount of litter you need to change. Yeah, uh, and when you have a little partner in crime, <laughs> it's it changes the dynamics a lot. It's it, but you it's had really seven at a time, so you would really know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They and this, you know, we'd have different cats at different times. They'd come in and out and someone be indoors, some would be outdoor, Arizona. Um of but course. it was it was it was quite chaotic when you had that many cats. Well, I mean Joni is gonna stay indoors. So yeah. she has a whole studio to herself. Joni was at the shelter alone and she wasn't bonded and she was looking at the little three-month-year-olds with disdain and I was like that's how I look at kids I want this cat she she's on my wavelength but she was eight months and by eight months they've had all their shots the three-month-year-old they were like you would have to still pay for shots and I was like no that's the point of getting from the shelter is you don't have to pay for anything it's already done for you that's the yeah. perk like, so once you adopted, does the fostering company stop paying for all the bills? Um, they do. Uh, so that's like the agreement. Although because of all of my medical stuff, I was like, hey, can you help me with the pet insurance and all of that? So now they're covering her vet appointments and then her medicine. Oh, that's really sweet. It's really sweet of them. Um, that, that's another reason I like them is that you can really just be upfront because at the end of the day, you're both trying to accomplish the same goal, which is take care of this cat to the best of your abilities. And so if I'm having trouble and, and money is a problem, then of course I want to call them up and be like, Hey, I'm not sure if I can afford to take her in for an extra vet appointment, like these sorts of things. 
can you help? And most of the times they can, because that's what they're there for. So it's, it's really nice. Well, that's really phenomenal. Best Friends does not offer that. Once, once I have her, I had to sign a thing. She's, she's in my care. I'm adopting her. But hopefully she'll stay healthy and it won't be a problem. Yeah. I'm, she's pretty healthy now. So I'm, I'm hopeful. You just never know, too. You never know. Like Snickers got cancer at age six. And it just came out of nowhere. And there's just nothing we could have done about it. And that was really, yeah, you're just kind of like, you take a chance. And yeah. it's the it's the same thing with any relationship, really. Even if you're dating people, you're married to someone, you take the chance that the risk of having your heart broken is worth the love you are about to receive. And it always is. I um, My cat when I was about 10 was like my cat. And I grew up with a lot of kids, right? So <laughs> it was really cool to have an animal that was like your animal that liked you the most. And her name was, her name was Bailey. And we got her when she was like a tiny, tiny baby. And she is so funny. She actually is a lot like Marina, long haired, very spunky, very sweet, but like very assertive, right? And I woke up one day and her back legs were just paralyzed and she was two years old. And she's oh, just no. herself, yeah, dragging herself up the stairs, trying to move. She couldn't move. So we took her into the vet. And then it turned out she had a blood clot that was paralyzing her legs because her lungs were full of fluid um, and she had heart disease. And that day we had to put her down because the only alternative was heart surgery in a wheelchair. And this cat was two. And we were I was just, you know, it was devastating. I still have the pictures of me and my siblings crying with her as she's being put down, you know, and. Oh, it's so sad, right? But at the end of the day, like I still have her paw print. I remember her every day. You know, she still made that much of an impact in my life that young for the two years that she was alive. It's it's just the relationships you have with these animals are so deep and so special. Like special. I I can't imagine not having an animal. I completely agree. It baffles me when people don't have cats. I personally, I'm not a fan of dogs. You like dogs too? I like dogs too, although I can't walk very well anymore. So that's kind of out of the question. Right. (laughs) Yes, you can still kneel and change the litter box. Yes, and lay down and have my cat come and give me kisses and cuddle in my neck and not go outside. Dogs are a lot harder to take care of. Yeah, I would think so. I sometimes run into them in the elevators. Uh, I get very scared of the big ones. I was bitten as a kid by a dog, and so I get very terrified. And then the tiny ones don't scare me, but they annoy the shit out of me. There's sometimes, there's a new dog on our hall, and it sometimes is yapping, and I just want to be like, put a fucking muzzle on that goddamn yapper. But that's just me. Well, some of the little dogs, and I love little dogs. I had a little dog. They're little shits. Even in the grooming studio, not once did I have a problem with a big dog. It's right? true. It's true. Now that I'm older, I see that. You know, the golden retrievers, they can get a little testy. Mm-hmm. But that's about it. You know, the little dogs were the ones who would freak the fuck out and bite their tongues and flip all over and try to hang themselves off the fucking grooming table and you have to take all these extra precautions and I was just like could you calm your fucking tits <laughs> like yeah you gotta slip them as annex seriously there's so much and then it's it's hard because a lot of the, the thing with me about dog ownership is that I can do everything I can to make sure my dog is behaving well and and being safe and all these things but a lot of owners don't do that and you're at the mercy of them outside on the street you know, their choices with how they take care of their animals affects everybody, especially in New York. I'll say. So that that was really frustrating because I'd never really have a problem with my dog as much as other dogs getting in space and, and, and the owners not respecting distance or just people not respecting the distance. Well, I think a lot of people like dogs and would probably try to touch the dog. And yeah, that's annoying. It's very annoying. Like, <laughs> I'd always be like, I gotta be somewhere. I know he's cute. He lives in my house. <laughs> like, 
Well, I think one of my friends actually got a dog to be a chick magnet. And I think it worked. Like oh, yeah. girls would always stop on the street and talk to him because he had a cute little dog. Yeah, because I think you're safe for some reason. Which I guess is fair, the whole thing. Like, you know, if, if animals like somebody, that means that they're usually safe. If animals don't, that means that they're, they don't like them for a reason. But at the same time, I know a lot of shitty humans who have dogs that adore them. Really? That's yeah, like an abusive relationship. Right, because they're not shitty to the dogs. Stockholm syndrome. Right? It's, it's one of those things where it's like, you can be a shitty person who abuses animals as well or you could be a shitty person who thank god doesn't abuse animals so That's then it's like true. kind of weird well yeah like, emmy does say i'm more conscientious when it comes to Joni than i am to humans like yeah. i'm like always deferring to her and trying to interpret what she's thinking and emmy was like why can't you do that with humans like i have more empathy for my cat than i do for my friends i don't know why Maybe I am a cat. I mean, I I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, I'm honest. trying. I'm trying with humans, but the cat, I don't know. The cat is just easier than people. They are. Well, I think it's because people really do things kind of selfishly or maliciously a lot of the times. And as mean as animals can be, everything they do basically is just about base survival, right? Like, any animal that I've had, that I've dealt with from any spectrum of like behavior <laughs> levels, right? Any animal that I've dealt with, the more patience and, and calmness and quietness that you approach them with, the more that they give that to you in return. Um, and humans don't do that. Humans don't care how you treat them and how you talk to them. They're going to treat you how they're going to treat you. And I don't like that as much. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I agree. I, I do. I think it's easier to get along with an animal. But you're right, it's all because their base needs, you know? As long as she's fed and she has a place to sleep and she has a nice box, yeah, she's yeah. pretty happy. She's never mean to me just to be mean to me, right? There's always something. It's always that she feels threatened or there have been too many motorcycles on the street and now she's overwhelmed, right? Like there's always a reason for why she'll do any sort of little snap. And at the same time, for all these years and I have to give her liquid medicine in her mouth twice a day right that's crazy he's never made me bleed well that's good right? Joni doesn't really scratch Smee would scratch sometimes Joni is very sweet she's not aggressive at all or violent when we first got her she would hide in the closet or run away a lot <laughs> but she would never like lash out on us like, I hope it never happens. She has never lashed out at either of us. Yep. If she gets mad, she kind of meows a little, but then she'll just run away. And then that's, that's the sweet part. And then honestly, I found that most of the times, like, cats only really lash out when they're threatened. Yeah, that's true. Pain. If they're in pain, that's something that people forget a lot is that animals have health issues just like us. And when they're in pain, they can't, act as rationally because they're in that ow I'm in pain something's wrong this in that kind of mode the cortisol just like with us is like all high and mm -hmm. and so then I, I it's like I don't even feel like it's it's their fault even <laughs> yeah it is very instinctual I'll tell you as Joni does this thing where she meows after her naps like I don't know I think she must be dreaming when we first got her I thought she was having all these nightmares and I, she would twitch and like this, and then she'd wake up and she'd be meow, 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 meow. And sometimes she'd run right away from me, even if she had fallen asleep on me. But now yeah. she still meows, uh, but usually it's more what's happening, where am I? Uh, and sometimes she'll meow and she'll run over and say hi, see what we're doing. And then she'll just go right back to sleep. I'm so cute. Yeah, she's really adorable. I wanted her to come over and say hi to you, but I don't know. She, she's probably, yeah, it's, it's, we're recording at 7 p.m. and she is definitely in her nap time. It's weird, you know, it took a while for us, I think, to get into a routine. So what are your favorite, like, breeds of cats? You said you like the blue ones? Yes, the Russian blues. Um, 
I'm, I'm very, very partial to Russian blues. And then I'm really partial to like, uh, how do I describe it? It's just like, like the brown hair, just like the very kind of like classic brown haired cat. Like a tabby? Yeah, I'm really partial to like the cats that like don't look super like exciting or haven't been bred like to have certain like physical attributes because I feel like they have I don't know they look like little panthers like their faces you know mm-hmm. I had two orange males in a row and then for Joni I was like we need to get a non-orange female because I yeah. felt like you know after Snickers I replaced him with Smee it was almost the same kind of cat and then I would but after having Smee for 15 years I was like I need to get you know total different so I never thought I'd get a tuxedo cat but my friend Amara has a tuxedo cat named Phoenix who she found, uh, her parents found under their porch. Like, so she's had Phoenix since he was a few weeks old. So like, yeah. he's really bonded with her. But uh, but I, sh- I was so like, well, maybe I'll try a tuxedo cat after that. But as I said, what happened is we went to the, we actually went to the shelter and they had four uh, from the same breed that were three months. Uh, but one of the cats and one of the kittens in that litter had tested positive for FIV. And oh. so there was a high probability of them having it too. And I was yeah. like, I, I didn't know if I could deal with that. Plus, as I said, they did not have all their shots yet and they hadn't yeah. been neutered. And then I would have to pay for all that. And I was like, let me take a look at this eight month year old. And Joni yeah. was just, she just had this look on her face, the same look Smee had, that she just didn't want to be in the shelter. She was like, yeah. I don't want to be here. Why am I cooped up in this little cubby? Uh, and I said, do you want us to take you home? And she gave me a look and I said, I, I'll take that as a yes. No. If you're not scratching me, I take this as a good sign. Or we brought her home and I had a blanket in the cat carrier and I'm glad I did. She just hid under the blanket the whole time. It was like we were just bringing home a blanket. It's so cute. Yes, and then she went right for under the bed and then eventually realized that we had a, we have a really nice walk-in closet and she just went for the closet. And for the first few days, she was just in the, in the closet really. And then she came out of the closet and we loved her anyway, because we are liberal parents and we don't mind a lesbian cat because she came out of the closet. <laughs> was too she got dropped off she hid in the hid in the closet and mm-hmm. then she would poke her head out of my jacket every time I'd come over to look at her and she just Mah. and I'd be like hello and then she'd be like Mah. and then she'd hide back in the closet yeah no <laughs> so I, I when I they gave us a sheet when we adopted her and it was like three days until they're kind of out of the closet three weeks until they stopped hiding and then three months until they're really really comfortable and I think after three months there was a very big change where all of a sudden she felt like she was home and she acted like she'd always been here and that she always would be here and maybe she you know forgot about her life on the streets finally that's the goal right at the end of the day is just to make them so happy and so comfy that they don't even think about anything that's not happy and comfy. Well, I mean, they're cats, so they don't really think that much, but it's just crazy that you never know what happened in their lives because they can't tell you about it. Like, Smee and Joni were both eight months when I got them, and they had just been found somewhere in the streets, I don't know, Manhattan. They were both from Manhattan, so I don't know if they just got transferred, but who knows? Who knows what their lives were in those first eight months? We'll never know. You'll never know. Same with Marina. No. When she was um, 13. Well, that's a long time you don't know about. Yeah, I had, and they didn't tell me anything besides that she came from a home that had other cats. But how long was she at that home? You know, all of these things. I have no clue what any of her life was like. Um. But that's okay, because cats communicate to you what they need. Yeah, that's true. Well, it's like a lot of times I'll see on Facebook from shelters that their owner surrenders if they have health problems because they just can't 
afford it yeah. and they don't want to really deal with it. So they say, not my problem. And it's really, it's really hard. You know, my dog, I had to not surrender. I took, I, I put him in four different homes before finally finding the right fit for him. But that's because I had health problems and I couldn't, I, I, I couldn't physically take him on walks and I couldn't physically do a lot of these things that I needed, especially because he was a little puppy. And so he's still now happily at one of his best babysitters, best friends houses. So he's in a very good place and he's very loved, but that was really, really hard. And when Marina, when I got Marina and then all of a sudden all my health went into shambles, I was like, absolutely not. I absolutely refuse this time. I'm not giving up another animal that I love. Like the cat's more manageable. I don't have to go outside. Like I'm going to make this work. And I'm so glad that I did because she's been the best nurse. Oh, that's so sweet. Do you still visit with your, your dog? You know, I don't. I dropped him off and I haven't seen him since. Mostly because I don't want him to be upset. Because that's really emotional, you know, for animals to be given away and then have the owners be like, hey, what's up? <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, you're right. That's, I never thought of that. Uh, my, my cousin is allergic to cats and her boyfriend had a cat. So he had to give the cat uh, to his parents. And every time I see him, I, I'm terrible because I'm just like, how's your cat? I feel so terrible for this cat. And my yeah. cousin's like, stop it. <laughs> he picked me over the cat. It's, it's exciting. You know, she just got engaged. But I would never pick the girl over the cat. So I, oh. I'm lucky I married someone who likes cats and is not allergic. Yeah, that's absolutely not. <laughs> I know, I can't imagine. I, I still, it, I mean, I guess it's still in the family and they visit, he can visit the cat and the cat has a much bigger house. So the cat's a little happier, but I don't, I, I don't personally condone it. I, I don't know how you should just not date people who are allergic to cats. Like that should just be one of the number one things. I, I think. Agree. Well, and for me too, I'm like, okay, I, I never date anybody casually because I don't have time for that shit. Right. And so if I'm dating somebody, it's because I'm like, okay, I'm looking at you. I'm seeing a potential future, all of these things. That future will always include at least one cat, minimum one cat, before it includes another human being. <laughs> so I completely agree. I, I, it baffles me. I baffle every time I see them. I, I still comment on it because I'm, I shouldn't, but I do because I have more empathy for the cat than my cousin, apparently. <laughs> As we've learned today, and she doesn't listen to my podcast, so she'll never know that I mentioned <laughs> her. But I have lots of cousins, and I didn't use her name, so it's okay. Could be about any any of my cousins. Uh, all right, so do you have any, like, crazy cat stories? Oh, so many. <laughs> so many crazy cat stories. I'm like, what do I even... The birthing. Well, that might be gross. That might be too gross for you. Um... You had a cat that gave birth? Yeah, we had a, one of um, our friend's cats gave birth. So one of the families that I lived with, they took care of it. Um, we just would help swap and take care of all the cats and kids. There were a lot of cats and kids. Um, ooh, crazy cat story. I'm like going through all of the animals in my head right now. Smee <laughs> almost set my apartment on fire once. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I was in the shower and he, he jumped on the stove in my old apartment and somehow flicked it on and it started burning a, a potholder. And then I heard the fire alarm and I was like, what the hell is happening? And thankfully it just burnt the potholder but and nothing else, but that could have been terrible. So then I put duct tape all over the stove. That could have been horrible. Yep. You know, Honestly, the thing that pops in my head isn't, it's not me directly. It's the family that I lived with, actually the one that we birthed the kittens at. And they accidentally, because this is Arizona, um, they accidentally, you know, we, we take in all the, the random cats on the streets and we rehabilitate them and all these things. And they took in what was a baby bobcat and they had no idea. 
And so as the cat aged, it literally sliced my friend's earlobe like completely open. And she oh, no. And they took it to the Humane Society and they're like, this cat is losing its shit. It's attacking everybody. And they were like, it's a bobcat. What are you doing? <laughs> like, but you can't tell really when they're, that, when they're that little because they don't have all of those really striking features yet. Oh, you can't have a bobcat as a pet. Oh, no, 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 no. So I'm really glad I was not there for that. Oh, um, my God, that's nuts. <laughs> well, there was one time that I came home and all of Smee's treats were on the floor and he had eaten like half of them. He had gotten in the cabinet and knocked everything out and oh had binged them all and then threw them all up. And it, that was crazy, too. Honestly, I think my favorite crazy cat story is the... First time I took my dog, right, back home to Arizona. My cats there love me, right? I actually, I rescued quite a bit of them. And Iggy just did not care for my dog, right? The cats were so excited that I was back. And they're like, oh, my human, all these things. And so they were attacking my dog when we were trying to sleep. <laughs> and they were bullying him and kicking him off of the bed. And then he'd be oh. on the floor and they'd be in the bed just staring at him all day every day just terrorizing this poor little dude and it killed me <laughs> oh no that's terrifying well my friend brought over his little dog and Smee like was totally bullying the dog yeah. and it's so weird because you <laughs> don't you hear about dogs chasing cats but if they're little dogs and big cats it's definitely the other way around those cats and Arizona cats don't fuck around because there's coyotes you know there's fucking vultures like they'll They'll fight you very quickly. <laughs> I imagine that they would be really into surviving. Yeah, I don't really have any Joni stories because she's so well-behaved. She just runs around really fast sometimes and we think she's over <laughs> here and then she's really over there. And we're like, how that how that happened? Like the yeah. little jingle I wrote for her is, look at that, there goes the cat. Like, <laughs> That's Joni to me. It's like, where'd she go? Where is she? Oh, she's over here. Look at that. There's the cat. Like, okay, now she's, uh, we have, we just have no idea where she is at all times. And sometimes like, I was like, where is she? And she was just like, hanging out in the, we have the bathtub and we have shower curtain and there's a liner, you know, and she just hangs out in between the liner and the shower curtain on the oh. edge of the tub. And you just don't see her unless you know, that's where her spot is. And I was like, oh, she's in her spot, like, hiding in the bathtub, which is just so random. That's like so random. Girl. I love cats so much. You know, Blue used to just sit on there and because I would take baths all the time, right? And he would just sit there and stare at me. Wow. Just on the edge of the tub. And sometimes he'd reach his paw over and, like, be, like, sprawled out from, like, one side of the tub to the other. And then he'd quickly like do like the little like backflip jump thing where he'd like, nope, out of the situation. I can see oh, that. Yeah, Joni always sleeps with her hands, ex her paws extended. It's like, oh. I don't know, it's very weird. I don't know how to describe it to the listeners, but she just always has them and she stretches them out and she kind of puts her head in between them. It's like a diver maybe, kind of swimmer. So I don't know. And she's also really good at standing on her hind legs. If we have a toy like this, she'll just stand on her hind legs and grab for a while. It's like she is, could almost walk like a human, I think. She's too powerful. I um, The song I like to sing for that, when, you know, Marina's stretching and, and being very long, I'm always just like, long, tall girl. Oh, oh, long, tall girl. Oh, yeah. Right. So having cats brings so much joy to yeah. everyone's lives. And I highly recommend Best Friends and the Humane Society. I love them. Uh, I hope maybe we've inspired some people listening to get a cat today, you know? You know, for July 4th this year, I did uh, a joke about Joni having kittens. Aww. That's because Brian and Mark, uh, my collaborators on Love Quirks, were like, if you joke about the show on April 1st, we are quitting. Uh, so they were like, you better not joke about the show. Uh, so I was like, I guess I have to joke about my cat. 
And oh. so many people fell. I don't know how they fell because you get the cat from the shelter, they come spayed. So of course she's not pregnant. Yeah. But like I had people believe me, a few people wanted a kitten. And I was like, yeah. if you want a kitten, go to the fucking shelter. Like yes. there are so many and the shelter gives them the vaccine, make sure they don't have lice or whatever. Like, and it, it was only a hundred dollars at Best Friends. I'm like, just go to the shelter if you want I a kitten. Oh, yeah. that's so I know, that's I know. Good. Like some of those kitten places are like $400 each or 200 each and 400 for a pair. And as I said, they make you take two. And then they have this rigorous screening process. Like we like we FaceTimed with this woman from one of them uh, to get on their list. And she looked around the apartment and she's like, there's not enough places for a cat to climb. Are you sure you really think you should have a cat in the studio? And I was like, I had a cat for 20 years in a studio. I'm still mad at this woman. I won't tell you her name, yeah. but there's so many, I was like, there's the piano to jump on. There's two desks. There's a little Zephyr fan above our stove. There's the fridge. There's Joni yeah. is jumping all over the place, all over the table, the bed. There's so much to do here, but really the cat only wants a fucking box. So I'm like, I was so mad at this woman. She wanted us to get window guards for our window that barely opens that we hardly ever have open. I was like, no. a, cat is, a cat's not jumping into the window and cats aren't stupid. Like I was really That's upset. That. Yeah, so I was very upset at her, uh, but then we went to best friends and all we had to do was fill out a one page and give a hundred dollar bill and then we took Johnny home. So yes, I recommend best friends. I don't recommend any of those uh, places that breed the kittens. I think they're all kind of persnickety is the word for that. Uh, but yeah, you can find your pets on petfinder.com and maybe I'll tell them and they can sponsor the podcast. Yes. Just, just kidding. That's not going to happen. All right. So uh, yes. be before we end, of course, I have my closing questions that I ask everyone. Uh, so Jessica, what is a time a millennial annoyed you? You can also do Generation Z if you like. Oh, oh, there's a lot. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Every day, honestly, recently, a lot of, with, with my health stuff, right? Everyone's always like trying to give me advice on what to do as if I don't have to live with this every single day <laughs> and they'll always be like once they find out how much things cost and it's specifically millennials that do this for some reason is they'll go oh well you can you can file a claim and get that covered by insurance <laughs> and I go oh works. I had no idea no clue that I could do that like <laughs> I'm just lazy and dumb <laughs> I haven't tried that yet right and that's a very millennial answer that I've gotten a lot lately, just completely unsolicited too, where I'll be like, I hurt. Have you tried asking insurance to cover? I'm sure they would. Get the fuck off my page. That's so funny. Yes, that generation is very strange in a lot of ways. It's strange because in one way, they're the first generation where I think a lot of society systems have just absolutely failed them, right? Um, just completely failed them all around. But at the same time, they still have a lot of faith in those systems. And so it's, it's this weird disconnect in their heads where they're like, oh, no, I totally understand what's up. I totally understand that these things don't work anymore. But at the same time, I was raised on, you can just do this. So that's what I'm going to tell you. And that drives me crazy because I'm like, that doesn't exist. It doesn't exist anymore. We can't do that. Um, so I guess that would be a recent grievance I've had. It's just the, the millennial explaining of things that don't exist for Gen Z to utilize. Mm. All right. So final question. What advice would you give yourself 10 years ago? Oh, 10. Oh, wow. 14. Um, Thank you. You're making I'm, me feel old. <laughs> Sorry. I would tell myself to go to the fucking doctor. <laughs> you heard it here first. Go to the doctor. So thank you, Jessica. It was so nice to talk to you today. You too. This was lovely. I'm always, always down to chat about cats. I'm I know. Very yes, I figured cats will be a, a popular topic, which is why I'm ending the, the season with it. Uh, but I don't know if this is the last episode 
of, of the whole thing because I'm, I'm out of friends. I'll tell you, I appreciate you coming on. I had a whole bunch of millennial friends not come on the podcast because they're scared of being canceled. They're scared they will say something on the podcast and 10 years from now, someone will unearth it and they will lose their careers. And I'm like, we're just talking. We're just friends having a conversation. I'm like, what are they scared they're going to say? They're going to slip in some shit about like white supremacy in the middle of cat talk? Like, I don't know. I mean, I told them we could pick whatever topic they wanted to talk about, but I I guess they're just too terrified of their own opinions. And, you know, I'm, I'm perfectly fine still sharing my opinions. And if someone says something to me, I can always edit the file years from now. But I, I don't, I don't know. It's hard to know what you will say now that will get you canceled 10 years from now. You just don't know. It is. And at the same time, I really don't believe in cancel culture. I just believe in consequences. And everybody does stupid shit that comes back to bite them in the ass. And if you're scared of doing that stupid shit, then you don't accomplish anything. So it's Yeah. Fun. So I do the stupid shit and I'm happy to apologize for the stupid shit. But, yeah. you know, you can't, live your, you can't live your life without shitting. Yep, and I think people throw out around cancel canceled stuff way too easily. Even with you know Russia, they're like, "Oh, Putin's canceled." I'm like, "No, he's a dictator." <laughs> yeah, he's... there's a huge difference. There's uh, a huge that, difference. That's actually, I think, a millennial concept too. We did an episode on that last season, which was very good. So go back and listen if you haven't listened to every episode. You know, this is number forty-seven. If you missed the other forty-six, they're all still up there. Uh, but maybe I will come back next season. Maybe I'll just do an even shorter season of only six episodes in 2023. I haven't decided yet because I have a year to think about it. But thank you so much to everyone who listened this season. And I really appreciate it. I hope everyone uh, of my listeners has seen Love Quirks by now, but we are playing till the end of the summer. And I really hope uh, that you make it because... I think it's a very special show and I think you will love it. Uh, So you might hear me next time, uh, hopefully right here on Millennials are Ruining the World question mark and Exennial Perspective, Real Conversations Bridging the Gap Between Generations X and Y. I'm not woke, but I'm awake. Millennials are ruining the world and Exennial Perspective.